This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. OG, why don't you turn the heat up? We don't have the money. Budget cutbacks. Is that what winter really is, you think? The earth just going through budget cutback season? No, it has to do with the angle of the sun. Oh. Can we just light a fire in the trash can like we usually do in the wintertime? Perfect. But Doug, in the middle of the living room, not that great an idea. Yeah, but we get that acapella group to come in and sing around it. It's pretty festive. Oh, fabulous. We can do acapella with this. Check this out. We raise our mugs together just like this. And we say, on behalf of the men and women making podcasts in mom's basement, we're supposed to all be doing this together, aren't we, for acapella? Or does the acapella just mean one of me doing it? <laughs> I, I don't know. And on behalf of uh, the men and women at Navy Federal Credit Union, big shout out to our troops to begin the week. Thanks to all you do. Let's go stack some Benjamins. Thank you. As I reach up to place the angel on top, I look out my window and I see my neighbor, Doug across the street, snapping together his artificial tree. He's like the perfect combination of Mussolini and Seacrest. Easy peasy, poor, lazy, deplorable Doug, who cares more about convenience than the happiness and respect of his town, of his country, of our sacred holiday. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today you'll learn how to launch your financial independence rocket with financial educator Jamila Soufrant. In our headlines, hackers are finding new ways to scam us. We'll feature commentary from Kathy Stokes from AARP, who says it ain't just the blue hairs getting scammed. For our TikTok Minute, turns out Tiny Tim is alive. Plus, we'll throw out the lifeline to lucky stacker Chris, who wants to know, will writing service or local attorney? And then I'll share some wandering trivia. And now, two guys who will never stop believing in your ability to take control of your financial future, it's Joe. Oh, and oh, J-J-J-J-G! You gotta hold on to that feeling, Doug. <laughs> hold on. I can't fight this feeling I'm not gonna stop anymore. believing. That's the other side. Oh. 
We're talking. <laughs> of course, immediately Doug goes to mellow early '80s rock. Immediately, hey everybody, welcome to Cheesy Music for the Wind podcast. I'm Joe Sell. See hi, ever Joe Money on X, Twitter, whatever. And we got a phenomenal lineup for you today, OG. I know I say that a lot, but this uh, phenomenal lineup truly is phenomenal. Great A, phenomenal, OG. It's so phenomenal, you can say the word phenomenal. I can. Multiple like times. Like 16 times. You know what else is phenomenal? The frequency at which you say the word phenomenal? Well, maybe. This is phenomenal. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Which must mean that this is phenomenal, phenomenal. Or it's phenomenal about how it's so phenomenal. Check this out. Well, you know what I think about Navy Federal? I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country and I also think about some of our active service members. want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy. Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine. And my nephew, Nathan, is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal's insured by NCUA, equal housing lender. Wasn't that phenomenal? Oh, boy. No? <coughs> Jamila Soufrant, waiting in the wings to teach us how to launch our financial rocket. But before that, Kathy Stokes from ARP going to join us for a headline. So let's go. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. And our headline today comes to us from CBS News. Well, it is the season. Experts warn shoppers of new scams this holiday season, which includes some new ways people are being scammed. The story is written by Brady Halbib, and Brady writes, scams skyrocket during the holiday season, and now criminals are using different ways to steal personal and financial information. Experts are urging consumers to stay vigilant. Well, guess what? We've got the expert with us right now. Kathy Stokes is the head of fraud prevention at ARP. Kathy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Joe. Happy holidays. Well, happy holidays to you. But sadly, for some of us, if we're not diligent, it might not be that happy holiday. And gosh, it isn't necessarily even being about diligent. The criminals are so good at what they do that you know you can have all the protections and all the knowledge, and still somehow it you know experience fraud and fraud losses. I think we all, uh, most of us, know that that uh, car warranty thing might not be all it's cracked up to be. But what are some of the what are some of the crazy things you're seeing people do this year? 
Well, let me tell you, on the car warranty one, the Federal Trade Commission ended up going after some bad actors that were behind most of those robocalls and took them down. Oh, good. I saw data from the end of last year, I think it was, but like the number of car warranty scams was up here. And then right after that, it was like, oh, nice. And it'll happen again. They'll they'll just wait it out and somebody else will come up with a way to do it. But yeah, that's one of the most ubiquitous. It'll be my refrigerator warranty. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, something. Something (laughs) that you care deeply about. Right. Well, what are the new ones? Uh, This piece talks about gift cards, websites. Yeah. Well, what's old is new. The types of scams out there, most of them have been out there in one form or another since the beginning of time. What's changed is the technology that enables it. The ease of which uh, criminals can access cheap technology and and use it well. And a playbook uh, that from the beginning of time has said, here's how you successfully steal somebody's money or personal information through social engineering, call it different things, right? But it's basically this, reach that person out of the blue, get them into some state of heightened emotion. Oh my God, my grandson's in trouble. Or, oh my God, the IRS is coming after me. I didn't realize that I had back taxes that I owed or the utility company is shutting off my power on the coldest day because they're saying Mm. I didn't pay. All of these things that get you into that excitement space, we're in a a place in our heads that we can't access logical thinking and they know that. And the third element is urgency. So if you can get someone from out of the blue, so unexpected call, scare the hell out of them, excite the hell out of them that they've just won $2 million from the publisher's clearinghouse and that they need to act now, that's the winning trifecta. And it's worked and it continues to work. And it only works better when revolutionary technology supports it. And that's where we are now. So yes, we've always had con man scams, you know, might've been at the door before. It might've been through your mail before. And And that still happens. But now technology, every criminal enterprise and their enterprises, this is, this is organized crime, has access to us in every way possible. Well, Kathy Brady in this piece writes that they're using AI now. Like they're going to have a voice that sounds like somebody you know. Yep. Well, John, I'm afraid to tell you, you've been out there enough, but only (laughs) five or 10 seconds of your, a piece of, of your podcast can be used with generative artificial intelligence to have a full on conversation so that it sounds like you and someone's programming into their laptop what you're saying to your mom or your grandma or your wife or your kids to make them believe that you're in big trouble and if they can't help you right now, really bad things are going to happen. Do we know how much that's being used? Not really, because how do people know Mm -hmm. um, that it was artificial intelligence that made the voice sound so real? But we're seeing enough concern about it and I think enough media um, that's suggesting that this is being used more and more. And how they're on dark web, I've seen some videos of how they're teaching each other how to use generative AI to turn a picture, just a picture of you like that right there, into a talking uh, Joe. How to manipulate your mouth, how to manipulate your eyes, how to be able to move your head from left to right to make it look like you are actively engaged in a conversation with a person when it's just a front for the criminal who's pulling all the strings from behind. That's so crazy. And the fact that we're worried about it now means five years from now, you know, you said, we don't know how much is happening now. I mean, I'm a hundred percent sure five years from now, this will be all over the place. It'll be so much easier than as technology increases. And heck, we don't know how much fraud is out there now. 
and this gets into a, a real passion issue for me, but it's like, we care about crime, but we kind of tend to forget that fraud is a crime. And for a whole number of reasons we don't need to get into, we've deprioritized it as a crime. And so as long as we can quite a, sort of sit back and go, oh yeah, that happens to older people um, because cognitive decline, they're not tech savvy, they're too nice, they won't hang up the phone. That's their problem, not our problem. Um, and as long as we believe it's the victim's fault in some way and we can sort of say who that victim is, then we're not going to prioritize it. The reality is all of us are at risk for fraud. Younger people report fraud losses more so than older adults, but here's the kicker. Those older adults have so much more to lose because of the Joes of the world and others who are teaching people how to save and prepare for financially secure retirement. You gave a talk on this at uh, FinCon, where we both were in uh, New Orleans recently, where you talked about how this is definitely all of us. And certainly with technology, you know, TikTok and so many kids that are on TikTok, I feel like it's super easy to uh, to pull one over on somebody on TikTok, Instagram, the different social media sites where a lot of younger people are as much as older people, maybe but probably even more. What are some of the things that are the, the hints, right? You've got a, Kathy, I'm imagining an ARP, you and your team, you've got a list of, or at least some things that go, this is kind of a red flag. This is another red flag. Like what are some of those signals we should be on the lookout for? You know, we probably, if we added them up, have about 183 <laughs> and, and that's not going to help anybody, right? Ready, so go. So we're trying to, we're, we're trying to winnow that down a little bit. A couple of things we know. If you know about a specific scam because you heard about it on your show or because you've signed up for AARP, Fraud Watch Network, Watchdog Alerts that you get every other week or any other way reading the, the media coverage, you are far less likely to engage in that scam because you can see it coming. If you don't see it coming, that's when the trifecta I talked about, the out of the blue call that's urgent and it puts you in that heightened emotional state, those are the red flags that we need to care about the most. If we can somehow get into our brains that those three things together equals a scam probably 90% of the time and to disengage, that would take us a long way. Like, I don't know. Do you remember when you were around second grade and you were taught in school and there was a big public service campaign on what to do if like your pants catch on fire? Yeah. Uh, stop, drop and roll. We need that for fraud. And that's going to be a big focus of AARP and some of our collaborators in 2024 to try to come up with something that gets us to that, to that place where we can go, we can pull out of our emotional reaction. Like, oh my God, my, my clothes are on fire yeah. to, oh, I know what to do. Stop, drop, and roll. So that's what we're going to be working on. But there are things to look out for. Unfortunately, you cannot trust any incoming communication. You can't trust that that letter from the IRS is legitimate. You can't trust that the text from your bank asking you yes or no, did you just um, approve some transaction? You can't trust links in your email. You can't trust going to uh, linking from a social media ad or any other ad online to buy the great deal on uh, Maui gym glasses. We're in a place where our backs are up against the wall because we don't have enough protections. But there are things that we can do, you know, and that gets to hardening the target. It's a phrase my friend here, uh, Doug Shadell, um, at ARP uses all the time. And it's the things that you can do that you can protect yourself with. Like, for example, if you are not looking anytime soon to take out credit, you know, to apply for a credit card or a loan for a car or a mortgage, freeze your credit reports. It makes it so much harder 
almost impossible. I can't say impossible because these guys are good for anyone to open up credit in your name. So you freeze down that credit. Turns out you need to take out a loan. You got to go back and unfreeze it with the three major agencies. It's a bit of a pain in the butt, but it's protective. And so that helps with new account fraud. We have a dilemma with passwords. Um, as we move toward biometrics, um, that's going to help us a lot more. We have to be using multi-factor authentication when we can. That is, you know, type in your username and your uh, password and then set it up if it's accessible to then get an email or a text or a phone call with a number then you have to put in to prove that it's you. So don't click on things, freeze your credit, keep an eye on your credit report annualcreditreport.com that helps you to see if there's unusual suspicious activity. And even though it may seem antithetical, set up online access to your financial accounts. Mm. doesn't make it more dangerous. It makes it less dangerous. Why is that? If you don't do it, there's enough of your identity markers out there being bought and sold that someone's going to do it for you. And then they're going to divert your funds, your information to them, to, to you know, uh, an account that's not yours. That is totally counterintuitive at first, but I completely get it. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, when you do that, you also can set up alerts for yourself. I don't use my debit card much, except like at an ATM. Or sometimes I think it's kind of safer in like our wallets and our electronic wallets because that's encrypted data and they're not even sharing my number. You can set up an alert that tells you every time there's a transaction out of that account. I do that. Sometimes I annoy myself yeah. <laughs> because I get that. But it's an easy thing. Okay. Yep. I know that was me. I'll tell you, Kathy, six months ago, Cheryl, my spouse caught uh, somebody buying plane tickets uh, through Spirit Airlines. Uh, a, I, I'm a tall guy, so I don't fly Spirit Airlines because the person in front of me doesn't want my, my knee in their back or my feet in their, in their lap. Or your head in their lap. Exactly. So, yeah. or right. But we were able to catch them and shut off the transaction because of what you just said, because of those quick alerts. And the financial services industry has been really, really good. They've really upped their game in their ability to use AI for good, to use algorithms and, and machine learning to indicate where, you know, wait, I don't think those people would have made that transaction. You know, of course, it's all computers talking to each other and not humans so much. And they're really good about that. But this helps you that much more. That's that's fabulous. I know at ARP, you and your team, you guys have some great tools that people can use to help uh, against fraud. Tell me what uh, our stackers can do through ARP to get some help. Well, we have a, a great resource that's available to anyone, aarp.org slash fraudwatchnetwork. Tons of really good content. We have a dedicated writer who's writing new stuff about frauds and takedowns. We love the perp walk, right? So when we can get those, we, we try to cover them. We have a, a fraud resource center on that page that's like 80 tip sheets. Quick uh, rundown for you, Joe. Let's say you're going to do a, you're going to talk to U.S. Postal Inspection about mail check fraud. And you're like, I'm not really sure I know all about what's going on there. Go over there and you learn about it real quick. And again, it gets to that if you, you know, knowledge is power. We also have these biweekly alerts that you can receive by email or text, and you can sign up for them on that site or just send FWN, that stands for Fraud Watch Network, to 50757, and you'll just get a text from us every other week. And I'm telling you, read it, don't read it, scan it, let it be your reminder that fraud is everywhere. And if you do read it, and I wish that you would, share it. Talk to other people. Stop what you're doing and call your mom and say, hey, mom, I just heard about this new scam and explain and say, what do you think about that? Have the conversation. We need to be conversing about this a whole lot more. And the one other of the many 
resources we have is we have this really great podcast ourselves. It's called The Perfect Scam. It's in a different genre. No competition <laughs> with you, Joe. It's, we uh, could use competition. We need more people talking about this stuff, to your point. So, we yeah. need more people. Yeah. But it's in the true crime genre, but it's not the true crime of like, ooh, how did the bad guy get away with it, right? It's about look what these bad guys are doing from a transnational criminal enterprise level and the losses that that not only our economy experiences, but the individuals and the impact on them financially, emotionally, from a health perspective, talking to law enforcement experts and, you know, really getting to that emotional, you know, like help us understand that it's not the victim's fault. That's fabulous. You know what? If you're walking the dog, if uh, you're in your car, we've got you covered. We're going to link to everything Kathy talked about on our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com, all those fantastic resources and and the podcast. The podcast sounds perversely fun, Kathy, <laughs> in a very perverse way. Yes, it's definitely edutainment. Right. And we have a, a venerated journalist, uh, Bob Sullivan, who is our host. And he's probably one of the more empathetic people I ever know anyway, but he brings that to this issue area and it's just so powerful. Kathy, thanks for helping our stackers get a little more savvy about fraud. I super appreciate it. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Thanks, Joe. OG, had any calls for me lately asking for money? Uh, yeah. Got an odd Slack message middle of the night. <laughs> I knew that wasn't you. <laughs> I'm sure. Wait a minute. That one was me. That was me. Totally. You're having an existential crisis at 12 at night on Slack? No, that can't After be After he's been sitting around the solo stove with a bottle of wine? Who would have seen that yeah. coming? Was that at midnight? Did I Slack you at midnight? It never happens. Uh, time for a TikTok minute. This is the part of the show where we shine the light on a TikTok creator who's either brilliant or air quotes brilliant. Doug, you think today we got some brilliance on our hands? Nope. No, this one is just complete idiocy. I'm confident of it. Well, you know what? I got to tell you, there is hope for all of us in the world if this kid in this car seat is, is real. If this is not made up. This is a mom talking to her son in the car seat in the back seat about his uh, spot in the school's new holiday production. Guess what I am for the nativity? I'm a classic one. Classic role, is it? Classic part? Yeah. Um, Joseph? No. Uh, uh, one of the three wise men? No. But it's a classic part? Yeah. Okay. Um, you tell me then, because... I'm door holder number three. I'll be holding doors. That's amazing. Holding doors for who? Um, probably um Joseph and Mary. Oh my gosh, were you pleased when they said that? And I was like, I'm a door holder. Get in there. Let's go. <laughs> yes, I'll have to wear like brown. Really? Yeah, probably. Excellent. That's well. That's really smart, Milo. Isn't that fabulous? <laughs> If we all approach life the way Milo approaches being door holder number three. Yes. <laughs> enthusiasm previously unknown to mankind. It's an essential part. And it is essential, Milo. It is essential. He's not even one of the first two door holders. Maybe it's in reverse order. Maybe it's like three, two, one, and three's the best. Yes. Well, you know what, man? I just, I don't know. I said, how can you not be just enthused about your life if you hear Milo being that Milo. excited? Yes. God bless you, Milo. It's a classic part. Each and every one. It's a classic part. Coming up next, Jamila Soufrand has a fantastic podcast called Journey to Launch. I met her back in 2017 while I was covering a credit union conference in Manhattan. 
when I say Jamila is a force of nature, I am, I am not kidding. Jamila is amazing. And today she's our mentor because she is going to help you get your financial rocket launch. Wherever you are on the journey, we're going to take you and hopefully move you along today. So that's the next 20 minutes. But before that, Doug, you've got some trivia for is, us. Is that the noise I hear upstairs? Is she just, you said she's a force of nature and it's like a whirling dervish up there. She's just, <laughs> wow. I think she's stretching out, getting ready to go. Settle down, Jamila. Take a deep breath before you come on stage here and I'll, uh, I'll kill some time while you take a breath. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. As 2023 winds down, I've been thinking about all the things I've accomplished so far this year. I organized my tools. I built a new walkway to my garden. I drank water almost every day. The one big thing that's still on my list is to compete in an Ironman competition. I haven't started training yet, but I think if I double up on workouts, I can speed through training and be ready in time to compete at the end of the month. When you're working on a challenging goal, you gotta tackle it one day at a time. It's like I've always said, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a Twinkie, I think. Oh, who am I kidding? Twinkies are like air. I mean, you just keep eating them. You don't feel anything. I'll be chiseling through that whole box. Speaking of journey, a lot of people have told me that I have the essence of Steve Perry. Now, I don't see it. Personally, I've always thought of myself as a handsomer Bruce Willis. In any case, I know that... Wait a minute, isn't Bruce Willis losing his mind? Anyway, in any case, <laughs> I know the ladies love him, so I guess I'll take it as a compliment. For National Good Neighbor that we could Day say last that. year... <laughs> what? I said it. <laughs> For National Good Neighbor Day last year, look it up, it's a thing, I knew that Joe's mom was a huge Journey fan, so I took her to see him on their Revelation tour. More embarrassing than taking your old lady neighbor to a concert? Standing next to her when she's scream crying when Steve walks on stage. Doubly embarrassing? The bra throwing incident I truly never need to relive again that took out two band members. Awkward for everyone, but she seemed pretty proud, so I mean, who knows? Although the band's current lineup consists of three guys, including only one of the original members, Neil Sean, Journey has had a rotating membership of 20 people throughout its 50-year run. Seems like if you play an instrument for long enough, I mean, you're contractually obligated to be in Journey at some point. Today's trivia question is, which member of Journey was an original judge on American Idol? I'll be back right after I do my first Ironman training. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Hey there, stackers. I'm Iron Man competitor and likely future singer for Journey, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. While the band has had many members over the years, several have left and come back as needed with no hard feelings. Today's trivia question is, which member of Journey was an original judge on American Idol? The answer, initially brought in as a session musician, Randy Jackson was later hired to play with the band full-time after they split with Ross Valerie. He joined them for only one tour and also filled in with backup vocals occasionally. And now, here to teach you how to make the most of your journey, see what I did there? It's our mentor, Jamila Suprant. I'm super happy we have her back at mom's basement. Jamila Suffrant is here. How are you? Hi, Joe. Well, I'm in a basement too. So I guess, you know, we are just living the basement life together. I want to talk about your mom because your mom really plays a big part, I think, in your story based on everything that I just read. Your mom called you pocketbook? Yes, she did. She had me at such a young age, 20 years old single mom and had to really do mostly everything by herself. So she didn't have people or she wasn't able to leave me anywhere. I had to go with her everywhere. So they used to joke with her and say, everywhere you see Jamila or everywhere you see my mom, you saw me. I was right next to her like a little pocketbook, which is really important because she had to leave me behind in Jamaica when she came here first to establish herself. So I can't even imagine as a mom now having to be separated like from her baby. I was literally like eight months old to then be reunited. We just had such a strong bond, I think, because she didn't want to let me go again. And so I was always with her. You're eight months old. And your mom has this opportunity and she's got to make the decision, like, do I go or do I not go? How are you not included in the package to go with her initially? Right. So here's the thing. My my grandfather, her father, had filed papers for her to be able to come to the United States. And, you know, I wasn't a thought. She didn't know that I, <laughs> I would have been born. And so he came to tell her that the papers came. And when he came, he saw me and he was just like, what is this? Like, why do you have a child? And we don't have papers for her, but you can go, you you know, and you have like a week to decide. A week, a week to decide. He gave her a week to decide what she would do. And again, she was only 20 years old. I can't even fathom. I'm just thinking, Jimmy, a a month isn't enough time. Like a year is like to make that decision. That's your mom's got some man moxie. She does. She does. And, you know, the thing about it is if you talk to her, she thinks that she was just doing, she didn't want me to repeat the life she had. She knew that if she stayed in Jamaica, that my opportunities, her opportunities, it would be limited. And the one thing, you know, some parents, they repeat the cycle that they were raised in because they don't know any better. But my mom, she did the complete opposite. So the tools or the freedom she was not given she said, by any means necessary, she would give to me. And that maturity at that young age, again, when I have now the opportunity to be here and do the things that I'm doing and what causes me to be so motivated, it's just like if my mom did it with so little, with so little guidance and really had to form her own steps and make her own path, like I surely have to do my best here and do the work. It's funny how we think the kids aren't looking, right? 
we think the kids aren't noticing and they're noticing way more than your mom. I'm sure. I mean, you notice way more than I think your mom would have ever expected. And I know that this is big. I wanted to start there because I know that your mom figures big into your financial independence journey, kind of because of her legacy, seeking independence, you're seeking independence. Uh, so take me back. Like, what was your first job out of college? What were you doing out of college? Well, out of college. So I was lucky enough to get an internship through a program called Inroads, where they placed kids or minorities that were working in, in school in corporate America. And so I got my first internship my between that freshman and summer, sophomore year. And I interned there. And before I went to my senior year, they offered me a full-time position. So I was very- Fabulous. I, it was like, I did not interview anywhere else. I walked out of going into my senior year with a job offer. I knew exactly how much I was going to make, $55,000, $5,000 signing bonus. So I did not need to look anymore. And I went full-time into the job that I was actually interning in and stayed there until I eventually quit. Well, but it sounds like you fell out of love with that fairly quickly. Like Cubicle World was not made for Jimmy Lesoufrant. Oh, no. Listen, when I- started to work full-time, I said to myself, this is not it. I will not be here past 30 years old. I'm going to figure out an escape route. And then I tried a bunch of things on the side to help kind of take over the job or give me some income and none of them worked. I tried vending machines. I thought that would be my big ticket. I had an online magazine, got tired of that. The magazine you were describing, and I think the introduction to your book, and uh, that sounded like a great idea. It was amazing. It was called Empress Magazine because at that time, there wasn't a lot of magazines for young women of color that touched on all lifestyle topics. We had some in the past, but they had all folded. And so we thought Empress, this is the perfect name. This is like the perfect time. But we just didn't have the energy after a while, my friend and I, to continue it when we started working full time. It just never really panned out the way we thought it could. And so again, that was like another dream or project that didn't come to fruition. Mom always wants us to call her Empress, by the way. And uh, <laughs> we, 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 maybe, maybe right. I don't know. It's a stretch. It's a stretch. Uh, but we should, because she, you know, we're here rent free. So yeah, what do you, you should. Do? But this was a part of a plan for you to be out of there by the time you're 30. And then I know that like 30 comes and you see this kind of fade and you kind of feel like you're on this treadmill, right? Yeah. Well, I said to myself, listen, nothing you have tried on the side has worked. Like, how are you going to become wealthy or rich? You didn't marry rich. <laughs> You're not dating rich. And you can't figure out any business that's going to work. And so just suck it up. You know, everyone around you works until retirement or past that. And you have a good job. You live a good life. Just make it work. And so I tried to make it work. But when I got pregnant with my first child on my long commute, I said to myself, no, no, no. Like, I have to figure something out because there's no way that I want to start have a family with this hour and a half one way driving commute and this job that I'm just not in love with. And so that's what prompted me to get my finances in order. Is this when you did the Google search? Because I think the Google search is, oh, yes. is kind of funny. Well, I don't think the Google search is funny. I think the Google search was a cry for help, right? What I think was funny was exactly the search term you used, which I think was, how do I quit my job? Yeah. How do I quit my job? How do I retire early? Just how do I get out of here? <laughs> how do I opt out of adulthood? Not you know permanently, but just how do I become self-sufficient? And I found out about some weird movement called the FIRE movement, the Financial Independence Retire Early Movement. Oh, those, those weirdos, <laughs> those strange Who are people. now my people. They're my people now because literally I did not know what I was searching for. I was just fed up. And I then what I call hyperlinks, I talk about this in the book, 
I began to click on life's hyperlinks. We all have them. It's like reading an article and something is interesting and then you click on the highlighted word and it takes you further down the rabbit hole. Sometimes you don't click, but sometimes you click and it takes you to something else. And that's what I did. I searched for this term, found out there were podcasts and blogs talking about this and everyday regular people just investing their way to freedom with their nine to fives. And my world was forever changed because look at us now. <laughs> I mean, you, I think your journey here was, this is about 2016, right? 2015, 2016? Yeah. So the podcast was started in 2017, the blog 2016. But yeah, when you're reading all this stuff is 2016, oh, 2015, yeah. So, maybe. Yeah. So I was pregnant with my first son in 2014. That's what allowed me to figure out or find it. Gotcha. I just feel like Jamila, like there's this you know, there's this darkness, it's just becoming more and more oppressive. And then as you're going down this hyperlink rabbit hole, like you're seeing this light at the end of the tunnel getting brighter and brighter, and it's not a train, it's actually, there's a light going on. It just felt so surreal that there was this whole other world that I did not know about, that if I understood it more in my 20s, I could have started my journey intentionally a lot earlier. So finding out this information, and it took a couple of years like, to take action. So I found out about the movement in 2014. I looked like from the outside in and started to consume a lot of information, a lot of podcasts. And then eventually I said, well, why don't I apply some of this? And so I applied what I was learning to my finances. That's how we were able to save and invest $169,000 in two years. And I kept just going deeper. I kept clicking on the links and said, wait, why don't I have a, a blog? You know, I, I read other blogs and then why don't I have a podcast? And so I kept clicking on the hyperlinks, taking action. And 2016, I started the blog. 2017, I started the podcast. 2018, I quit my job to do what I'm doing now full time. And so I always say if it weren't for the commute, I don't know that I would be here because even though it pushed me, it had me in this place that I was unhappy, it forced me to take action eventually because I needed to make a change in my life. So I met you in 2017. I was covering a credit union conference in Manhattan and I would describe you at that conference, somebody I didn't even know as, and this is a badass term, by the way, as aggressive. <laughs> you could tell that Jamila Soufrand was going to do what Jamila wanted to do. You literally, I had no idea who you were and you were pretty in my face about, Hey, I think I'm going to start a podcast. Like, what do you wish you would have known? And you're giving me like the third degree, Jamila, <laughs> about what worked, what didn't work. How you doing? Don't get me wrong. I was so happy to share. I thought it was amazing because nobody does that. But I felt like, like you were this freight train. And I think our stackers need to hear that. Like you got to be a freight train. You got to advocate for yourself. You got to be in people's face. Nobody else is going to make it happen. And it was clear to me that day in Manhattan that you were going to make this all happen. Yeah. See, I was oh, I had so much energy back then. <laughs> I'm much more laid back now. <laughs> but <laughs> I think it's fascinating because I know there's someone listening to this podcast, listening and hopefully inspired and learning. And, you know, they don't have to necessarily become a content creator or have their own podcast. But I remember literally listening to people like yourself, to all the people like Paula Pant, all the people that I used to listen to, they you had no clue I existed, which was fine. But I learned. And not only did I learn how to change my finances and start my own financial independence journey, but I learned there was another pathway that I could take in terms of my own career while on the journey that, wow, you can have a podcast and you can have a blog that's impactful and make money as a content creator and as an educator in this space. I didn't know that was possible until I started. You know, now I can, you know, call a lot of you guys, my friends and colleagues, and you know who I am now in my work. 
But a few years ago, like you said, you didn't know who I was. And I just, I hope that that's inspiring to someone listening who we don't know your name yet. But if you do yes. the work, we will know your name. You know, we, and so it's, I don't know, it's really kind of surreal sometimes that I'm here. No, you gotta, you gotta push forward. It's not surreal to me because I knew it that day. You know, a lot of people have people that they're planning with at the same time that are listening. You have your husband as you're going down this rabbit hole. How did he feel about Jamila's new? I mean, it kind of, to me, would feel like if Cheryl came home to me with this, like Cheryl's on this Amway kick, you know what I mean? She's like so (laughs) excited. She's drank all the Kool-Aid. She knows all the stuff. Like, did your husband feel that? My husband is a very simple guy. You know, he likes life to be easy. He follows the rules for the most part. And so, but he all, he knew who he married because I always had this energy (laughs) that I was going to do the things I say I want to do. But his commute, he literally works like 15, 20 minutes from our house. He's a teacher. So he knew I had this very just bad and stressful commute. He knew, obviously, we were growing a family. And now I've found a solution to me not having to have this commute in maybe 10 years if we do this. So when I came home and told him, you know, he was just, he was just like, what? Like, what do you mean retire early? Because we don't know anyone who's even retired comfortably at the standard age. And here I am saying to him, but wait, I think we could do this at 40 or 45 years old. What do you think? But we need to invest like half our income and not take vacations and get rid of our expensive cars. You wrote, by the way, and I want to get back to this, but you wrote, by the way, because I want everybody to hear this. You were investing up to the match in your 401k and he was putting like 2% away into his. So this was like, this is like a splash of ice cold water. Right. But what helped. And so, you know, because he's a teacher, these are strategies and things I learned through listening to other podcasts that he had access to two pre-tax retirement accounts. So we could invest double the max that I was, but we all just need to do it together. And when I told him this, you know, his paycheck that he was receiving would now dwindle to less than half of what he was typically getting. And then, you know, coupling that with combining everything, I knew that it would be hard for him. And so I had patience because I knew that just because I felt this way, I had to let him understand that this was helpful for us as a family. That if we did this, this is where we could be. It's not just about me. I mean, obviously, I hope that you want your wife to be happy who's carrying your child and your future children. But (laughs) how can we include what you want to do? And so one of the things that really helped him get on board was showing him the numbers. So working in corporate America, I became really good with spreadsheets and creating, you know, all these calculations. And so I showed him based on if we kept our same trajectory of investing, where we would be when we were 45, 50, 65 or whatever. Then I showed him if we do this. This is where we can be. We can have a million dollars more. Yes, it will involve some changes, but these are changes where we can still live a decent life. And, you know, I told them we don't have to do it all at once. We can slowly do it. And so these kind of concessions or taking it slowly with him and showing him the numbers allowed him to trust or at least try. And I said to him, listen, if you're not comfortable, we can always revert back to what we've been doing and figure something else out. And I think those honest conversations over time allowed him to feel comfortable to say, why not? Let's do it. Let's talk about the uh, flexibility because you really drive this home at the beginning of this. And for a lot of people listening, of course, this is the beginning of their journey as well. So I really want to go into this for a second. You kind of compare the fire movement to like your average high school where you've got these tables at lunch. I remember high school was so clicky. You got the YOLO table over there. Clearly that's not Jamila. You've got, I'm just going to do the basics table. That's too slow for you. But you also got the elite table where everybody is flexing all the time. And you say that you tried to hang with that crowd for a while, but those guys are pretty intense. You know, maybe there's this middle ground. How did you finally find Jamila's table of, of all of these kind of clicky 
thought processes about how to manage your money. Right. So yeah, in the book, I talk about the different tables and typically, and these are obviously assumptions and generalizations. I think the FIRE movement has become a lot more diverse since when I first found it. And so you hear a lot more about people who want to spend money and how that looks. But ultimately, when I first started, I wanted to get out of Dodge. I wanted to get out of my job as quick as possible. And the only way that I could foresee that is to lower how much I needed to live on my expenses and to kind of dwindle what that was, which meant cutting back a lot and not spending as much. And we tried that and we did it and it was fine. It was great. We saved a lot of money. But then I realized that's not a sustainable pathway. You saved a ton of money. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you saved a ton of money. Not a little yeah. money. You saved a ton of money. And it was great. I mean, you know, that was also a privilege because I worked in corporate America. I had a very decent income, six figures. My husband also, even though he's a teacher, he has his master's. So he was earning at his full potential. And so we were doing well. But I realized that, you know, as I started to have more kids, three kids now living in New York City and not wanting to deprive myself of the lifestyle I wanted to live or the lifestyle that we want to live together. I said to myself, I don't want to invest 50 or 60% of my income if it means we cannot take the vacation or one day have the car. Now, obviously, we are going to still be smart about things, but it really took looking at my job. And so the other thing that happened was this decision that I had to make. Here I am. I am working a decent job. I have Journey to Launch on the side now. It's doing well. I have this commute. And now I am actually pregnant with my third child. Do I stay in this situation because of the guaranteed quote unquote income and earn as much as possible within this job so we can invest and reach this mark that I set for myself of fire at 40 years old? Or do I actually step away from my job, pursue Journey to Launch full time? Journey to Launch was not making anywhere close to anything when I first quit my job. But we had a runway of money that we saved up and switched from investing in our retirement accounts to investing in a savings account to help build up some money. But I walked away from my job realizing that it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the financial independence number or hitting it at 40 years old. How could I achieve more freedom and flexibility right now? And that's what I talk about in the book that I know that the idea of financial independence is very audacious. (laughs) And that's why so many people just when they hear it, they're like, okay, that's not for me. Like, how am I going to get there? But there is a level under that in the five junior stages that I talk about called work flexibility. And this is this idea that you can be flexible with your work. doesn't mean you never work again, but you could take a break. And that's the level that I've reached and that I'm willing to have my journey take a longer time if necessary, because I actually enjoy what I do now for work. And I am having more freedom while on the journey to financial independence. And so it was really important for me to understand that switch, that it wasn't about the money and earning a lot or saving as much as possible, that my actual life had to feel good on the journey. And if it took longer because of that, that was totally fine. It was my path to take. No, it's cool because it's so intentional. What I most liked about that though, Jamila, is it pays respect to this limited resource, which is time. Like, man, my kids are 28 and I just, I look back at how quickly those years go, you know, when your kids are at home and you can't get those back. And if you're spending all this time just, you know, eating rice and beans and the kids are not at, nobody's having any fun at all, like you miss out on that. It feels like life has these stages. But speaking of stages, you brought it up. So let's, let's dive into these. You have these five stages of the explorer's journey. And actually the first one is, is that you are an explorer. Can we just go through these briefly? Like, so who is an explorer? What should they be working on? And how do they then advance to the next uh, stage of their journey? Right. There are five stages that you have to go through to reach complete financial independence. The first stage is what I call the explorer stage. That's where you're working on financial stability. So you might feel out of control with your finances. You're not able to pay for your expenses with your income. And so you just need to get to stability. 
The second stage after that is called the cadet stage. That's where you're working on debt freedom. And this is working your way out of consumer debt. So credit cards or any high interest rate debts that you want to get rid of. I don't typically include a mortgage or student loan here just because it could be enormous and take forever. And once you are consumer debt free, you move on to the next stage, the aviator stage. And by the way, if you can't tell, I love just like the keeping in theme with my <laughs> with my brand journey to launch. I had no idea. So, <laughs> like we're launching in a rocket. I just envision someone preparing to, you know, take their own flight and spaceship up. But the third stage is the aviator stage. That is where you're working on financial security. So you paid off the consumer debt and now you can focus your money on investing and building assets, which are very important if you want to reach financial independence. Once you have assets at a certain extent or point, you can move on to the next stage, which is stage four, the commander stage. This is the stage I'm currently in. It is the work flexibility stage where work is flexible. Doesn't mean you never have to work again, but you can take a break from a job. You can leave a relationship or just any situation that is not serving to you because you have the money enabled to support that decision. You can travel, you can have kids, you can do something different. And so work flexible is a stage I believe everyone can reach. And the final stage is the captain stage. That is the ultimate. That is, you never have to work again because you have all the money you need. And that is the five stages to reach financial independence that you travel through. I love you. You talk about a lot of the people in that first stage or not in the first stage, excuse me, on that top stage people that, that are still working, but they're just doing it because they love it. Like you've got a subheader of one of your chapters saying something like, are you really chasing financial independence or do you, do you just hate your job? Right. And I think there's a big difference between those two things, isn't there? Yeah. I think most people, their reason for trying to achieve financial independence is because they don't enjoy what they do or the situation they're in, which is totally fine. Whatever gets you started. But I think ultimately, I think the journey to what we want to do starts internally in a lot of ways because money can solve a lot of problems, but it also doesn't solve a lot of problems. And it's important to understand what your enough point is, how far you want to take it, how intense you want to be. But this idea that, you know, most of the people that I know that either have reached like the further stages, the stage I'm in, or even stage five, they're bringing in more money than they did when they were working or they are working because they actually enjoy it. And so I think most people do want to work and do something. I think friction is good. And, you know, having something that you're working towards, I think is good in life. But what happens is, you know, you assume that you don't want to do anything and that's not necessarily the case. You just haven't found what you want to do yet. Or maybe you're not working in a great environment or with great people, but it serves you to figure out what that looks like on the pathway so you can enjoy the journey while you're working to complete financial independence. It was so interesting that I've uh, been reading your fascinating book over the past several days. And then just maybe an hour before you and I uh, started chatting, I'm reading this post by a friend of mine talking about how she, after saying she would never have a W-2 job again, she has a W-2 job. But Jamila, it was on her terms because she did that mindset shift that you talked about. Like she knows what she's looking for, exactly what this means, exactly what it doesn't mean. And so she was willing to go back. And the, the number of people, by the way, who were on this thread that are already financially independent, who said, yeah, I'd go back if I found like the right thing. Cause I think that's most of us. Like we're just looking for this harmony and this meaning. But at the same time, I love what you say as kind of the closeout of this. Like, even if you love your job now, like if you're hanging out with us, you're a stacker who loves your job, 
you may not always love your job. So there's still no downside to going through Jamila's stages. It's not. There's no way. What happens to is a person you become on this journey. And there are so many things you cannot account for. Like I tried my best in the book to help you figure out your initial plan and figure out how to recalibrate when you need to. But there's so many things that you don't understand can happen for you once you start. There's so many more opportunities. Things can happen a lot faster than you think, but you have to start. And so I think that's the amazing thing about it is you are your best asset. You become different because you have to do things differently for that account or that that's the best part of the journey. It's kind of like this internal self-discovery. You can change your mind. Your goals may change. It's who you are becoming on this pathway that I think is the most interesting. I could feel it that day in Manhattan, and I feel it from you every time we talk. Your book is called Your Journey to Financial Freedom. It's about damn time, Jamila, by the way, that you did this. Uh, and it's available last week everywhere, right? Yeah, you can find it wherever books are sold, bookshop.org, your independent bookstore, Target, Amazon, all the places. But you can go to yourjourneytofinancialfreedom.com to really see where it's at. And yeah, check me out at Journey to Launch on all social media platforms. And I have to ask this while we have you there. I know it's important usually to have one call to action, but for you, we have to have two. There's got to be something coming up on the podcast, Jamila, that you haven't told anybody that's a complete secret that you can just share first here. Let's do some uh, Jamila Soufrant, Journey to Launch podcast, breaking news. What's what's coming up? Oh my gosh. I don't know. And this, okay. I have to forward think. <laughs> this comes out right after the book. Honestly, I don't know, Joe. I hope, I don't know. I don't know what's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> you could just laugh about it. That's fine. I've had people do that. They're like, you know, Joe, you'll be surprised. I don't know. Listen, I hope Whatever. I hope by the time you're listening to this, you know, I've released all expectations. I want the book to obviously do well, but I've done the work already. And the best I can do now is to try to have as many people learn about it. And so I hope by the time this comes out, no matter what has happened externally in terms of validation, that I continue to have the feeling that I feel of being proud of the work that I've done and that I know it can be life-changing if someone picks it up because my life changed because of this. And I just can't wait for people to read it. So I can't wait either. Jamila, thank you so much for hanging out with us again. I, we, we don't get to talk often enough. Every time I talk to you, I have a great time. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Joe. This is Daryl from Pennsylvania. When I'm not busy arguing with a four-year-old, I'm stacking Benjamins. No, daddy. Big thanks to Jamila. You know, OG, on Friday, we talked about the difference between advanced advice and beginner advice. Jamila makes a great point. I think it's really important to do this assessment that she's got to, uh, to, to kind of figure out where am I at? Like, don't get too far ahead of yourself because we discussed then you can really do some damage. I know we all want to go to 11 right away, but that can upset the apple cart, as mom says. Well, it's true with everything, right? I mean, you can't. If, if all of a sudden you decide that you want to start eating healthy and you cut out all your carbs, you know, you're going to feel like crap for a long time. If you haven't skied all year and you're like, it's ski season, I'm going to do that uh, double black diamond in the back where all the cool guys are. You're going to probably die. I'm not sure what would happen <laughs> if you went over there, but death is an option for sure. That's what would happen to me. So it's the same thing with money. You can't, there's a reason why we have an order of operations and there's a reason why when you look back and you ask people who are successful money people, ask them what made them successful or what they did, you never hear it's it, it's not people going, well, I took all my money and I bought this one penny stock and that turned into gazillions of dollars or I bought $5 scratchers. You know what I mean? Like it's, I bought a house I could afford. I paid off my debt quickly. I 
didn't go to college and rack up a bunch of debt, you know, there I lived within my means. I built a cash reserve. Like it's all the I same. Cut- I was talking to my kids about this the other day. Cause I don't know if you can tell, but I got a little something going on up here right now. What facial hair, facial hair. Yeah. Congestion <laughs> as it were. And my son goes, my, we were driving and my, my son goes, dad, you know, you have to, you have to drink this tea. I said, Oh, what tea? And he's like, Oh, it cures cancer. And it like, I go, hold on time out. <laughs> Stop. No, it doesn't. And he's like, no, this guy, he drank it like every day for 21 days and his stage four cancer went away. I'm like, all right, hold on. Oh let's, let's, have this, let's have this little chat about like stuff on the internet's oh not always God. exactly true. <laughs> I mean, but he was, I mean, he was, a, he was legit like, no, no, this, this will help you. He was trying to be helpful. Yeah. I've seen this happen at the airport. I've seen people like literally walk through the gate with a suitcase take a picture of them like on the stairs going up to the Gulf stream and then walk back and drive in their car and go away. <laughs> you know, it's like just cause they said it happened on the internet, Doug, What you know, it's like, I put all my money in GameStop. I remember this meeting I had with a, with a client or a potential client years and years and years ago, he made some comment about how, uh, you know, he was only going to put his money in his company stock. And it was a big auto manufacturer who had gone down a whole bunch and then had recovered a nice amount, but nowhere near back to where it was. Rivian? You know, picture stock went from 30 down to a dollar. It's back to 12 bucks, right? And he and he was like all about the fact that he had done this and timed it exactly right. He doesn't need help from a planner. He 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 sold all his stock here and he bought it all back here. And I said, why are you still working? And he said, what are you talking about? I said, well, because if you had the, you know, if you did it with the money you said you did, the math checks that you'd have like $11 million right now. What? Well, if you had all of your 401k, you said you timed it out exactly right and bought the stock at a dollar and you had a million bucks and now it's at $11, you have $11 million while you're still working. Well, it didn't exactly work like that. Oh, it didn't exactly work like that. How much do you have in your 401k, Bill? 200,000. Oh, okay. So, you know, what our minds process of what we did, the story that we're telling ourselves and what actually happened is a whole different thing also. So, Make the recipe the way that it needs to be made, man. Like, look at Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, to some extent, Dave Ramsey. You know what I mean? Like, build the pyramid the way that it needs to be built. I feel like we all know that. And people are, you know, listening to us right now, OG, and they're going, yeah, I know. Yeah, but. Exactly. As soon as I finish effing up this entire thing, I'll build that foundation, (laughs) you know, right after I get all crazy about this one last thing, I will finally do it the right way. Chuck Wachendorfer, Wachendorfer, God, it's just never not fun. Uh, Chuck Wachendorfer talked about that. Uh, what was it last week? Wasn't it, Joe? Where last uh, Monday? Yeah, because so much of those kinds of decisions and our backward-looking view on those events is emotionally based. And he talked about how we make moves too quickly without sort of checking our emotions first. And so it either gets us into those penny stocks or those kinds of you know, or it puts rose colored glasses on our historical view of what happened. Like the guy you're talking about, OG, yep. those emotions are powerful. Episode numbers, 1,444. If people want to go back and listen to Chuck talk about uh, some of that good self stuff, we're talking about leadership, but leadership all begins with uh, controlling your brain at home and actually putting that, that foundation that Jamila talked about to work. So glad she could be our mentor today. Hey, uh, time for us to throw out the lifeline. This is the part of the show where we help a stacker get better with their money. If you have a question and you'd like us to answer it on the show, head to stackybenjamins.com slash voicemail. And we're happy 
to answer your question as well. Uh, Today, we're going to answer a question from Chris. Hey, man. Hey, guys. Chris from Texas. I'm back for a second question after you helped me with my first one about 529s. And it's so exciting to think that after this, I'll have twice as many stacking Benjamin shirts as Doug. But to my question, now that our son is here, we need to get our estate planning in order. To give you some better context to our situation, I think it's pretty straightforward. It's my wife, myself, and our son. We have our home and our various retirement, brokerage, and savings accounts. The idea has been to have one more child, but who knows if we will, because our son has spent the last 10 months making his best case to be an only child. (laughs) Would you say based on our situation that we could use a service like Trust and Will, Willmaker, or perhaps another you recommend, or is our better option to find a local attorney that handles estate planning? Just curious what types of situations would lean towards the online service versus the in-person attorney. And Doug, all jokes aside, if you guys send me a Doug 2024 shirt, I'll proudly support the cause and post the pictures wearing it during our travels. Oh, thanks. Oh, wow. trying to change the shirt. He wants to change the shirt. Why wouldn't you? Approved. Yeah. You know what, Chris, with that question, we'll totally do it. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and by the way, I want to check Chris's math. You don't have double the number of shirts that Doug has. You have 5,000 times more shirts than Doug. You have 25,000 times more shirts than- Infinity more. Than infinity more shirts than Doug has. Zero times an increase on zero is infinity. Whatever number you want to make up. Is infinity a number or is it a concept? It's a concept. Doesn't mean it can't be a number. You may not know this, OG, but black is not a color. <laughs> infinity is similar to that. Indeed, I do. I just know that one is the loneliest number. That's all <laughs> I know. <laughs> let's let's get to it. Chris, uh, let's answer Chris's question. Does he do one of these uh, these free will peeps out there or low-cost will providers, or does he go to the local attorney who's going to charge more? Well, yeah, I was going to say they're definitely not free. Um, there's been a lot of increased technology and lowering of that cost in that space in terms of estate planning. I think that what we want to do here is when, when we think about life insurance, think about what problem are we trying to solve and where's the best solution for, for how to solve that. When you add a child to the mix and you're talking about guardianship and you're talking about establishing a trust so that your kid doesn't get all your money at 18 and putting some rules in place around your belief system with money and how you would hope that kid would be educated in that over those years, I think it does make sense to at least explore that conversation with somebody who specializes in it. If you're single and you're like, I just need to make sure that you know, if I get hit by a bus, my mom's not dragged through court for any reason, you can solve a lot of that with just making sure that you have your beneficiaries correct on your on your accounts. Some stuff you can't put a beneficiary on, right? You can't beneficiary your car, for example, or whatever. And so you need to have a process for that. But the whole idea with proper estate planning is that it removes the additional stress of having to go to court, hire a lawyer, go through the process of going who gets what and how's this going to go. Because you're introducing a variable there that that you don't have control over at that point, right? So you and your wife decide, hey, if something bad happens to us, we want to have you know my brother be in charge of my kid, and we want this pe- these people to be in charge of the money. And you guys write that all up in your estate plan, and you get it all documented and it's done correctly, then it happens that way. If you don't do it all of that way, or you write it on a napkin, although <laughs> I, did, I, do, I, I did read that they accepted Aretha Franklin's napkin 
as the estate plan. I don't know if you saw that. Remember that whole conversation? Oh, yeah. that she yeah. wrote it on a Wendy's napkin or something. That's a that that's a headline. I want to even dive into more in a future episode. Yeah. Well, in any event, they accepted it, but they accepted it after you know what? It's been three years of legal battles and court costs, and what happens is your sister shows up and says. No, I think that the little kid should be with me and you and your wife wanted it to be with your brother for reasons that you guys decided. And now and now you're taking that control away from you and putting it in the hands of a third party, which doesn't make it bad. It just makes it different. You know what I mean? So I think it would be perfectly fine. And frankly, I think any reasonable estate planning attorney would would be okay with this is if you were up front with them and said, hey, I, honestly, I don't know that I need to do this through, you know, a local estate planning professional and they're going to charge whatever they charge or can I pull this off by doing it on trustandwill.com or, you know, or one of these other kind of online sites. If they're not convincing enough and can't point out the benefits of having somebody local or having somebody who specializes in you, then yeah, I think I think uh you can knock it out online. I do believe, however, that as you add more complexity and certainly with the guardianship and trust work, when it comes to money, you can't leave your kid, your money, you got to leave it in a trust. You're going to want to have somebody a little bit more, a uh, little bit more invested in you than online.com, whatever. Yeah. But I think if to quote UOG, if the barrier to you getting it done is going to be getting in your car and going to an attorney and sitting with a local attorney, then use the one online because at least you've got, it done. You've got some things done. And to hear the horror story about that, go back and listen to us talking to Tiffany Aliche about her husband dying at 41 and just the, you know, she had 95% of it together and still had just nightmare still uh, estate stuff. The first thing your family's going to do is they are going to seek out an attorney when you pass away to help sort through the stuff. And what I like, OG, is that you have, uh, you know, you've kind of pre- pre-chosen that attorney. Like, like you're like, Hey, this is the person and you got to sit down with them. They knew you a little bit. So if something happens to you in the next five to 10 years, the attorney goes, Oh yeah, I remember that meeting. We did this, we did this, we had this, we had this, we did this thing. Um, yeah. I think that's also very helpful. Yeah. Well, and, and all of these things should work together, right? Your financial plan should work within the confines of your state plan and, and so on and so forth, you know, your taxes and all that sort of stuff in a, in a perfect world. So it's not a bad idea to have a resource there because you're right. That's the first thing that the first thing that your sister-in-law is going to do. You guys get hit by a bus is she's going to call an attorney and go, what do I do? And it would be a lot more helpful if she already knew there's a big binder sitting on the shelf that has a card in it. And here's all the documents that you need and you know, all that stuff. So she's not going to call an online place. I guarantee Right. That. Right. Does anybody remember my intentions when I filled this out? filled out this form right well i mean even in the sense that you could do it online print it all off put it in the binder your sister-in-law is still calling an attorney you know what i mean she's not going to do it herself probably that'd be my guess and guess what the attorney's going to cost money anyway probably the same or more than if you would have just dealt with them to begin with well you if know? you pre-chose the attorney you know this is the person that my family I'd, i want my family to uh deal with versus people that are you know, going back again to Tiffany Aliche, they're emotional, they're going through all the stuff, and then they're just calling a name. And and who knows what you're gonna get then. Thanks for the question, Chris. And uh Doug twenty twenty shirt or twenty twenty four. That'd be funny. Let's send them the twenty twenty one. We still got a bunch of those on reserve, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep them guessing. I remember OG when when we were at 
FinCon in New Orleans, you were there for a piece of it, but not for this piece. A bunch of us wore Doug 2024 t-shirts out to lunch together and we're walking down the street and the Saints had a game that night. So the streets are just packed with people and people keep looking at us all in these red, white, and blue Doug t-shirts. And somebody said, hey, who's Doug? to Tina on our team who Duh. handles our YouTube page. And Tina turns around and goes, Joe's mom's neighbor, and just keeps walking. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> just keep them guessing. Anyway, we're I'm happy to for that guy then. <laughs> it would have been great if we would have actually, you know, we could have started a groundswell movement right there. We could have. Wasn't yeah. the guy from North Dakota named Doug? The guy who just dropped out of the election? Yeah. yeah, the loser who didn't have the staying power I do. Well, it's probably because people were wondering about the two different Dougs. Right. Just, he realized he couldn't compete. You cornered the Doug market, and yeah. he was like, I can't compete with this guy. And, and isn't it the New Orleans fan base that says, who dat, or is it who day? Who dat. Who dat. So I think I would fit in perfectly there. If we, To OG's point, we needed to corner the market in that particular fan base, and they'd be like, who dat, Doug? You know, they'd be like, Missed opportunity, Cheering. Doug, but we'll get yeah. it back. We'll get it back. Okay. So in this case, Chris, we're making an exception for you. Doug 2024. Amen. If you've got a question for us, again, stackybedjamins.com slash voicemail. But you know what? If you're not here with one specific question, you're more concerned about the market. And it's funny looking at 2024 people. Big question I'm seeing online a lot, OG. Is there a recession coming or not? Did we sidestep it? Did we not sidestep it? Like, what's the future hold? What's going to happen? Election year, all that stuff. If you're concerned about all of that and more, and you're wondering about what your plan should look like with your money, OG and his team are taking clients. So head to stackybedjamins.com slash OG. That's the link to their calendar. And we'll get you set up for a first meeting so you can talk about how his team can work with you and your team to make uh, great 2024 decisions, not just voting for Doug, but even equally as good financial decisions stackybenjamins.com slash og that brings us to the final the final segment of today this uh hanukkah or or chanukah yeah again (laughs) nobody knows how to spell this word yeah we're right squarely in the middle of uh of of hanukkah for those people that uh celebrate and man we're doing some celebrating here in the basement we just got uh spotify's unwrapped doug this was cool looking og you haven't seen this have you did you look through these numbers og Nope. No? Oh, well, we're about to go there. Yeah, Joe, some really cool stats. Uh, Our growth was huge this year in Spotify. 57% of our listeners on Spotify discovered us just this past year. That's pretty fun. Yeah, we're a podcast that traditionally has had huge number percentage-wise of our audiences on Apple, and Apple's always had us on their top charts. It's been an easy place for people to find us on Apple. I I think, guys, with uh, Stitcher going under... And us also talking about, we have the new polls on Spotify. We have Q&A on Spotify. We can put episodes up that we point people to. We point to other podcasts on our Spotify page. Like there's more and more interactive things we can do there. So I think we talked about Spotify so much this year, Doug, that that's why Spotify became a much bigger platform for us. Sure. More engagement, more more ways for our listeners to sort of actively engage with To heckle. Show. Heckle. And, yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) You know, it was interesting. Another stat I thought was really interesting was of those 57%, you know, new listeners on Spotify, a whole bunch of them, first episode they listened to was actually a rewind episode. That was neat. David Hogue from uh, Nova 
and who also is a commentator for CBS News. He's their science guy. He had a list of money savings hacks from a few years ago. We, we loved that episode, so we replayed it. But definitely people looking for money savings hacks doesn't surprise me. Uh, that was a big one. Our biggest one, do you see what our biggest one was? Our biggest episode on Spotify this year was 12 Simple Steps to Financial Independence, which was the name of a blog post over at Financial Tortoise that we commentated on. And we went through the 12 simple steps back at the end of February this year. It's a February 23rd episode. That's with uh, OG with you, with Len and Paulette, a uh, round table talking about that. That was that was number one. How about the number of countries we're in, guys? OG, any guess? Number of countries? Yeah. Uh, let's see. There's 100. I think there's, what, 192 total. So I'm going to say uh, greater than half, um, uh, 106. Well, I, I wish, but it's not far from that. We're in 88 countries, which is pretty amazing because a lot of those countries – probably have never heard of a podcast. So the, <laughs> the other, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Maybe a stretch. They've got like strings and soup cans for their communication. <laughs> so we got all the other ones, but, but 88 countries is, is pretty incredible. And we got a whole bunch of new listeners in places you would not, would not think, which is super cool. You know, Nigeria, Kenya, Chile. And that's the right way to say that. Peru. You know, it's cool that uh, Nigeria was our number one growth country outside the United States and Kenya, our number two growth country outside the United States. Wow. USA, by the way, only 90% of our listeners in the United States. With, with a name like Stacking Benjamins, right? right? You'd think that uh, we'd be 96, 97%. So for all of you joining us from around the world, we're so happy that you're here with us. The top three genres our listeners listen to when they're listening to podcasts on Spotify? No surprise here, by the way. Not at all. What are they, Doug? Business, number one. Comedy, number two. This guy right here. And news, number three. Yeah, it sounds like what we do. Business, comedy, and news. We're right, right there. Musical taste, pop was number one. Rap, number two. Rock, number three. Uh, the way people shared our stuff. People shared a lot of our stuff off of Spotify. 46% of people texted about our show right from the Spotify link. 35% provided a direct link to the show or, or directly linked to the show. 9% of people use WhatsApp. Our most shared episode, the Silicon Valley Bank Collapse, the special episode. That was a Tuesday and uh, people shared the heck out of it. We heard from a lot of you that you uh, shared that episode with friends. And certainly when there's big news like that, we will do that. We did that later in the year, of course, guys, with our special election episode, episode 1434. Five. You know what I liked more about the investing in election year episode as a special episode is you didn't make me get on the horn on a Sunday night like we had to to seize that moment on the Silicon Valley Bank. We were we were going crazy then to make sure we got that out uh, as quickly as possible. But remember, we didn't know, OG, if that was the start of a of a bigger oh, yeah. uh, bigger problem. If we were going to see yeah. more banks collapse, like uh, there was a lot of worry out there, as there always is, and yet. Turns out, much ado about nothing, unless you had money in that account. And then, much ado about something. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else is coming up later this week? On Thursday in Madison, Wisconsin, that's December 14th, our writer Lisa Curry is filming a stand-up special at Comedy on State in Madison, Wisconsin. So if you live anywhere in that, really the whole Midwest, you should hop in your car and head over to Madison, Wisconsin, great town. And uh, she's got a show at 7.30 and a show at 10 o'clock at Comedy on State. 
And uh, she's going to be filming a special, which hopefully soon you're going to see on Netflix or any one of the major streaming platforms. She's for people that don't know Lisa's uh, Lisa's background. She's open for comedian Jim Jeffries as he went on his world tour. She's written for The Daily Show. And of course, top of all that, she writes for us. And she's even entertained our troops. Speaking of a Monday episode yes. where we, we toast the troops, she's even entertained our troops. Yeah. Fabulously funny. We, we crack up at our writing meetings with all the stuff Lisa does. She's recording both of them. So you could see yourself on TV if you go, uh, Thursday night. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for today, man. We stacked a lot today, but what are the top three things on our to-do list, Doug? Well, Joe, first assess your spot on Jamila's stages and get to work by knowing where you are. You can focus on your best course of action and stop wasting time. Second, someone reaching out to you who sounds like me asking for money? I didn't write that. Lisa must have written that. <laughs> I just took a shot at myself. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> well, I have done that before. I probably wouldn't ask yes, you. you have. <laughs> at the least, reach out to me through a different channel so you know it isn't just a scammer and some crazy AI scheme. This is the worst to-do list ever. But what's on my to-do list? Those two-a-day workouts sound way difficult. My brain's come up with a much better solution. Take a long Epsom salt bath and try for Iron Man again next year. That'll give me just the time I need probably to win the damn thing. Thanks to Jamila Souffrant for joining us today. You can find her book, Your Journey to Financial Freedom, a step-by-step -step guide to achieving wealth and happiness wherever books are sold. We'll also include links in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2023, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. This show was written by Lisa Curry, who's also the host of the Long Story Long podcast, with help from me, Joe, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. Kevin Bailey helps us take a deeper dive into all the topics covered on each episode in our newsletter called The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at The 201. Just visit stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Wonder how beautiful we all are? Of course, you'll never know if you don't check out our YouTube version of this show, engineered by Tina Eichenberg. Then you'll see once and for all that I'm the best thing going for this podcast. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude and Kate Youngkin are our social media coordinators, and Gertrude is the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. Say hello when you see us posting online. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com basement. Not only should you not take advice from these nerds, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric who is such a giving person, Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, 
you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.